Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's great. Having a little bit of a trouble with our online uh, streaming this morning, so if your phones are going haywire, it's because um, it's not working, so we'll have to get that figured out. But praise the Lord. Oh, it's good to get to be here this morning. Um, I want to share this morning uh, that God is constantly got people on the move. Amen. When the children came out of Israel, um, we know that <clears throat> they were led out by the Spirit of God and that the cloud and the pillar of fire <clears throat> um, were demonstrations of his presence. And it seemed to me that uh, every time the camp kind of found a new place and got comfortable and figured out the surroundings and the lay of the land and where, where things are and what's, what's what, uh, God decided it was time to move. And um, I, I, that's what I feel like. I feel like God is so passionate about our lives that he doesn't want us to stay in any sort of rut, any sign of familiarity, any sign of uh, status quo, that he's constantly moving us. And the thing that I'm really aware of is that um, when God is moving us from place to place, he so loves us and is so passionate about uh, bringing us to a completed state that he's not willing to leave us where we're at. Amen? Does that sound good? I'm thankful for that. Though the trials come and the, you have to figure out how to almost how to navigate again and where where's where are things and what's the lay of things and and how do you function and how do you how do you operate and how do you move and thank god it's not about a formula in god amen it's not about status quo i remember um at tabernacles the very strong message was uh vintage wine and it was about building a vessel. It was about God transforming us. And I remember so clearly that I've seen dozens of times in my mind that video of 50,000 liters of wine uh, bursting out and going uh, onto the ground and being wasted. And there are several interpretations for that. The one that I thought about most frequently is that the the grapes went through the harvest. The grapes went through the the harvest. They were collected. Uh, they experienced the crushing. They experienced the transformation. They experienced the sifting. They experienced the straining of off of what was left over that wasn't any good. And they made it all the way to a container and a holding tank. And then something happened, and it was for nothing and it was wasted. And we could see the thousands and the thousands of gallons or liters being poured out on the ground and just uh, running all over the place. Now, another way to interpret that is the blood of Jesus, amen? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not hung up in what the right interpretation is. I think God uses things at certain times to minister to to where we're at and uh, what's going on in creation. And it's very possible that um, 
you know, what's real to you today in a scripture, something happens in your life and something gets changed and you see it in a whole different way. And that's what God's doing in these days that we're in. We're, um, you know, the word says, be ready to give an account. And what I see God doing is he's trans, he, he is um, changing the vessels. He is changing the atmosphere and he's changing the surroundings. And he's causing you to be a different person than you were. He's causing you to operate and navigate in places you had no idea that you would have to walk in even some weeks ago. And he's transforming the parts of our life that need to be transformed in order for the vessel to hold the vintage wine. The vessel, otherwise the vintage wine is poured out. And it's, it's, not dis, it's not correctly discerned. It's not rightly understood. And it ends up being wasted. Though you did go through the crushing and the sifting, and though you did go through the places of trial and struggle, in that particular case, the 50,000 liters was wasted because nobody ever enjoyed it. Nobody ever uh, partook of the end of the harvest to uh, enjoy the fruit. And what God is so passionate about in our lives is that the day that we're in now, that it's not all for naught, that it's not all for good. How many times have you wanted to give up this year and say, you know, I'm ready for something else and I'm, 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 I have come to the end of who I am, the end of my struggle. It seems to be struggle day after day after day and nothing seems to be changing. That's the struggle. That's the vintage wine. Remember, vintage wine doesn't come unless the vine is stressed. And he's making vintage wine out of you. But more than that, more than that, he's changing the container that it's able to receive the vintage wine. And then it's able to have the intended purpose of the harvest. You know, back when um, in Jesus' day, the disciples were with him, and they were going through the trials, and the, they didn't understand, and they were their theology was being challenged. And what Jesus was doing was he was changing the vessels through the fellowship of, of the examples of how he was walking and how, what he was experiencing. And the vessels were being changed, and they probably didn't even realize it. And in one situation, in Luke chapter 5, verse 36, the Pharisees come and they say, uh, we have regulations and we have things that uh, are the laws of the tradition, and how come your disciples aren't following it? How come your disciples aren't following the traditions of men and the laws of the, the priests and the season of the time?" And Jesus said, how come your disciples don't wash before they eat? And all this list of stuff that the religious community wanted the people to follow because that was their idea of, of religion in that day. That was their understanding of how to serve God or how to be holy or how to be an overcomer or how to do this or how to do that. And the criticism was, how come you're not meeting my expectation? How come you're not doing the things that I think you should be doing? 
And Jesus had a response that on the surface it sounds like it has nothing to do with the reply of the accusation of the day. But let's listen to this. Then he spoke a parable to them and he said, No one puts a piece of new garment on an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskin will be ruined. But the new wine must be put in new wineskins, and both are preserved. No one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new, for he says the old was better. So let's kind of work from the, from the end back to the beginning. It says, no one who has tasted the old really is in favor of the new. Are you looking for the anointings of the days past, last year, when it was so much easier of not wearing masks and figuring out how to navigate, uh, you know, the, the uh, paper place at the, at, the, at, the, uh, at the store? How things were so different. It was the same for the people coming out of Egypt in their day. They were constantly looking back and assessing whether or not those days were better than the days that they were in. They were constantly thinking to themselves, those days were better. And here it says, when the anointing comes and the favor comes and, and God is picking you up and moving you to a new position, it's natural to think about the old wine and the old anointings and the old blessings and the old favor. But God is saying the new has come and you can't rely on that because it's been used up. And it served the purpose of the day that we were in at that time. And for the people who want to continue to operate and function in the ways of gone by, you end up missing the glory cloud. You end up missing the presence of God because God moves on. And that's why he says, follow me. Follow me. Whenever the people in the camp wanted to, uh, were required to pick up and move on, I can imagine some of them thought, wow, this is a, the best place we've ever been. I'm going to stay here, right? But when the glory moves on and the presence of God moves on and those people remain there, they become stagnant and they become uh, out of the will of God because the anointing and the favor has gone in a new place. And so he's saying immediately desire, the, you don't immediately desire the new. He says the old is better and the thinking of what past anointings were. And then he says, it's got to be put into new wineskins. Why? Have you ever felt as though you were used up and somehow you're being discarded and set aside and thrown away? That your value has been days gone by and yet you're not sure that you have any value at all? You've, I can imagine some people feel like, uh, you know, I have poured my life out so dramatically and I have tried with everything that I am to do the right thing and to follow God. And, and have you felt like it's been all for naught? And that when you don't have something to offer anymore, you're discarded and you're set aside 
and your value has reduced or decreased in somehow? Has the enemy been lying to you to say that you're not as valuable as you once were? Those are the lies of the enemy. Please, can you? Uh, that's very distracting for me. Um, so if you can hold your voice down, I would really appreciate it. God is not about throwing people away in any shape or form. He isn't even about renewing you to make you like you were. He isn't about looking for the days gone by and saying those days were better. When God, in this parable, he said the new wine needs to be put into the new wineskin. Well, I'm feeling like an old wineskin. I'm feeling like my abilities and my, the way that I saw things is being challenged in everything that I approach. The answers don't come like they used to come. I was comfortable in navigating certain parts of life that I knew by, that I knew what to do just because I had experienced that before. And I'm feeling like an old wineskin. I'm feeling like there isn't any new of the fresh anointing inside of me, and I'm feeling empty and dry. And then God says, the new wine is coming. But if the new wine gets put inside an old wineskin, when new wine goes into a vessel, it creates pressure, and it starts to ferment. That's why they're saying you don't immediately like the new. You prefer the old. And so when the new wine comes, the vessel can't handle it. The vessel starts to crack and break. And as we saw at Tabernacles, the wine bursts the container, and it comes out onto the ground in a very dramatic way, and it's ruined. And the harvest and the investment that has been made to that point in time is wasted. God isn't about wasting your investment. He is about changing who you are to receive the new anointing. And so when we think about a wineskin, a wineskin is, is basically uh, uh, leather that has been formed into a container. And don't think of a little container like this. The wineskins of those days were huge. They were so big that like, you had to strap them on your back to move them. Maybe a couple hundred pounds of, of wine. You know, they weren't these little tiny flasks that you could put in a coat pocket or something. They were huge. So, in other words, when God brings an anointing, it is, more, it is so much more than enough. But he's preparing the vessel, and I'm seeing in our body change. And I'm seeing people be overcomers. And I'm seeing people not give up. And I'm seeing people strive forward for the new. And when you take a wineskin, the first thing that they do on an old wineskin is they've got to make it pliable again. In other words, the heart has figured out a way to just exist without being stretched. And it dries out. And pretty soon it's kind of uh, not pliable. And so one of the first things they do is take a wineskin and they submerge it in liquid, in water. And they begin to work it. 
and they begin to massage it and they begin to uh, bring the shape back to it and where it's dried. And after a little while, they, uh, they apply oil on the outside and they start to massage it and work it and twist it and pull it. That's where we are right now. You're being twisted and pushed and pulled and you're being massaged because he's making something new out of you. He's making something fresh that is able to be a container to hold an, a, a, a harvest, to hold an anointing, to hold a favor, to hold the power of his presence, to hold the substance of who he is without bursting and being crushed, without being able to say, I've arrived here on my own, or look at the work that I've done. It isn't about you. It isn't about you in the sense of what you're able to do. Do you feel dry? I can imagine you do at times. And you're struggling with the dryness of going through the desert and wondering, when am I going to experience the breakthrough and the change that I've so been longing for? Well, God is preparing the vessel. God is preparing the old wineskin to be a new vessel. Notice it does not say the old wineskin is restored to its previous state. It does not say that God comes along and brings it back to some other previous state. He said he makes it new. He said he makes it new. And in the spiritual places, I want to get you to think about these trials that you're in, the places where you're struggling, you're being made new. You're being made in the image of God to contain and to be a vessel that holds an anointing and a favor and an authority and a power of his presence that the old man could not hold and it couldn't contain. And if you try and move in that area, the Pharisees were saying, why don't you do the commandments of the priests? And Jesus is saying, you don't understand. There will be a day when the disciples fast, but right now the bridegroom is with them and they're being changed. Their attitude is being changed. Their perception of who I am is being changed. I'm demonstrating the power and the authority of who I am in their will, so when I'm not there, they continue to carry that same power and that same anointing. They're walking through a change right now and their old perception, their old mindsets of who they were that was dry and crusty and hard to, and hard to work with, it's being changed. Their hearts are being softened. Their mindsets are being adjusted to agree with the kingdom of God. And see, they missed it. They didn't understand it. And so the disciples went through a period of, of time in their life when Jesus was with them, and Jesus is with you today. And he's ministering to you in ways that, that are profound. We talked a, a little earlier about dealing with fear and anxiety and bitterness. Those things are being dealt with, and there is a day coming where bitterness and fear will not have a hold on you as it did in the past because there's a new wineskin. And the anointing, the oil that God is using and he's massaging and he's making new, that wineskin is becoming pliable again. You're becoming teachable. 
You're becoming, the, the humility is coming back into the, uh, into the atmosphere of around you and who you are. Amen? Remember that the, the wine is tied to the blood at Passover. The new covenant, the receipt of God's spirit, and the spiritual result will be produced by those powerful factors. Trying to cram all this into a person who is unwilling to change will invariably result in the coming apart at the seams. The precious new wine is spilled on the ground and dreadfully wasted. Thank God that you have persisted. Thank God that you are continuing to press forward and stand through the trial and the difficult places. It says, be ready to give a testimony. The word tells us, be ready in season, out of season, any time. Whenever you're asked, whenever you have the opportunity, whenever you have uh, uh, an opening. And these things I am certain of. The substance of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of the things that we do not see and the conviction of the reality, the faith perceiving by the fact that what is not revealed is. And your faith is growing. And your faith is expanding in every direction. And your faith is being made larger. It says to everyone, he's given a measure of faith. But the disciples asked and pleaded with the God, increase my faith. And in the midst of the trial, as the wineskin is being made new, faith comes and it builds up and it encourages it and it allows you to declare a testimony. These things I am certain that I will experience joy in the days ahead. The days ahead are not going to be like these days. I am certain that there is more hope in the days ahead than in the present day that we're in or the days gone by. My faith declares inside of me that I am sure that God loves me and I've experienced that over and over again and there is no way he is going to leave me. I may feel dry at times and I may feel used up at times of no value of no, uh, nothing to produce anything of what I would consider, you know, treasure. God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you because the treasure that I have in you is eternal. I am certain about the days ahead being better than they are right now because I know him who promised that my completion was in his hands. The days ahead are worth living for. The days ahead are worth dreaming about. They're worth expecting wonderful things because the wineskins are being made new. And the anointing that is coming and the, the harvest that is coming that's being poured out even now 
Even right now, that vintage wine that was so difficult for the vine to produce because of the stress that it was under, we're living in the days of miracles, of signs, of wonders, of a new expectation, of a new hope. And the hope is not in the governments, and the hope is not in the communities of this world. The hope and the expectation that we're experiencing is by the hand of God. And that's why when it says, what is faith? What is faith? James started out by saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I don't know about you, but my, my vessel is not yet joyful when I'm going into trials. I'm still complaining, right? I'm still wondering how short this is going to be. I'm still navigating and trying to manipulate the circumstance to have it over as soon as possible. But in James it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Wow. If I were to do a self-assessment, I would say there's a lot that I'm lacking right now. I'm fearful at times. I'm anxious at times. I'm not able to be an overcomer by my own strength at times. But this says, when it has had its perfect work, I will be lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It says, but. Now listen. But. You can ask God anything you want. At any time you want. And he hears you. And his eyes are attentive to your cry. And his eyes are upon you. But in the asking, there's a but. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything, not even a smallest, most tiniest piece from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's who we used to be. And the new wineskin that God is forming with his own hands to make it new again is transforming you out of the places of doubt, out of the places of unbelief, into a place of the full assurance on him, into trusting him in all places through all things. Are we there yet? No, I'm not. But I can see a change from six months ago. And I can see change in you and in our atmosphere. And when depression and anxiety comes over the atmosphere and I'm experiencing that, God wants you to know that you have the authority to speak to the principalities and speak to the powers of the atmosphere and tell them that's not for me. And I reject it and I don't accept it. I I am a son of the living God. 
And the promises over my life are yes and amen with everything that is good and holy and pure and righteous and the joy and the thanksgiving and the gratefulness and the hope for the future are mine. And anything that comes to rob me and try to take those things away from me are, is the adversary. And in the places where I'm still struggling, God is very much right now making new wineskins in your vessel. Amen. That you are able to contain a greater impartation of what he is releasing on the earth. Amen. And that's how I know that the days ahead are better than the days behind. Irregardless of what I hear on the news about vaccines being ready or any other witness the witness of the Spirit is, I love you, and I'm bringing you to completion. Seek me. Hear my voice. Continue to submit to the leading of the Lord that produces patience and humility and meekness because there's a day coming where he's going to pour out Something that we don't have yet. That's going to be a demonstration of who he is in the goodness of his name. Amen. Amen. Let that not man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I'm going to read Hebrews. 11 again. Now faith is the substance, the assurance, the confirmation, and the title deed. When you have the title deed in your hand, you own the property. Of the things we hope for being the proof of the things that we do not currently see, there is joy in the future for you to experience by faith. I'm grabbing a hold of it, and I'm not letting it go. That the reality of that is true. And it will one day be revealed. Amen? Amen. Um, if you... Um, I still am working the list, so I've gotten most of you... Uh, Belinda, I don't think I have yours... Um, I think your phone number has changed. But um, so for the list of people, um, please, if your address has changed, your phone number has changed, your contact information has changed, um, I really like to have this updated. So if something happens and we need to get a hold of you, uh, that we have correct Amen. information. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just the whole time you were talking, Sean. Talking about this new container, I kept hearing that the uh, Father said, I'll share no glory with man. I will not share my glory. And see, the church for 2,000 years, well, less about 90 years <laughs> when the true church began to lose its power. Man has tried to share 
God's glory. And in the sense that I'm looking in my own life and looking at the way we live day to day, I was talking to Kyle while he was up there worshiping this morning. God has essentially stopped everything. All the things that we have put our hands to have now been altered. And we've, I hope, we're beginning to learn of how much we've been trying to help out God. And he's just stood back and watched. And in this new wineskin, he'll not share his glory with us, but he'll reveal himself. This whole week since we've been back, I've been in the book of Isaiah just rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing the word. And, of course, Isaiah was speaking to the tribes of Israel of its day. But also Isaiah spoke of the Christ to come and what he would suffer, but also his glory. But also the book of Isaiah talked about the return of the true Israel, which was spoken to into this day, and where true Zion would be reestablished. And so I just want to just read a few scriptures this is Isaiah 60. Because when we're talking about this new wineskin, this new wineskin is going to have such uh, purity of vintage wine that there will be nothing left of ourselves to partake or try to take away his glory. There was a word that Bob, Sor Bob Sorge brought a number of years ago. Don't take away, don't distract the affections of the bride from the bridegroom. And so I've been looking at today, listening to Sean's word, listening to the heart of the Father, because this has to really be, I'm hoping you're attentive to these words that are being spoken, because... Uh, the other part of this morning, I'm thinking of Groundhog Day. I'm thinking, okay, I'll share my glory with no man, and I'm looking at listening to Groundhog Day. And what happens is, is that we've now become accustomed to waking up every single day expecting the same thing, the same result, the same TV programs, the same CDC report, the same, the same, the same, the same. We have to remember we're in this world, but not of this world. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to repeat, believe the report of the Lord? And so I began to just look at this is Isaiah 60, because again, realizing that uh, Isaiah was speaking to today, prophesying, speaking into today. Now this is verse 60. Excuse me. 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings the brightness of your arising. It was spoken a number of months ago, Isaiah 61, 
the Spirit of the Lord, God is upon you. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. And he sent me to the blind, excuse me, to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is the opportunity to see fulfillment come. This is the year. This is the time. This is the season that those have waited for over 2,000 years to see come to the earth. That's fulfillment of these scriptures. And you and I are now in this place. Sean is saying that every single day there are these areas in our lives that all the waves of everything that the adversary can bring towards us, bring upon us, that which is also the spirit of the age, the spirit of the world, if you will, this darkness, is designed because God wants to be able to reveal himself, and it's he and he alone that's going to do this. Right now, even the church is divided. Humanity is divided. Everyone's going to the tree of good and evil rather than this tree of life. But you have to understand, prophetic words are from the tree of life. They're life-giving words that declare what God is, is doing, and will do. And so I want us to as a people, and for those that either, because of the interference with all of the things that have happened this morning in this second heaven, if you will, in that demonic realm where all of the wavelengths of the sound, first our wireless microphones went completely out. And Ben did, everybody's looking around, we went to Chris, we went to, to Kyle, nobody did anything. All of a sudden, all the wireless system went out. So God intervened and got that working and all of a sudden, then our streaming stops. See, we have to understand that we are not warring against flesh and blood. We're not in this world, not out of this world. We have to, again, as Sean is saying, the latter, the glory of the latter is greater, is to be greater than the former. And so these new containers, this wineskin, this personal experience that you're now having with the Lord in your time, this is the time to really allow yourself to say, yes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I'm to be the one to bring the good news. I'm to be the one through God uses to mend the brokenhearted. This is, this is our time for us to withdraw and pull back. You can see the plans of our adversary. I mean, when Kathy was talking about her niece, the church has been shut down in California for months. Hasn't it been the plan of the adversary to divide the house? The house divided can't stand. But this is where the Father is allowing us to now experience this time. This is the time to be so aggressive in the presence of the Lord. When Kathy was talking about being aggressive about believing for healing to come in this time of COVID, we are those that have the Spirit of the Lord upon us, and we, if, if any, should be declaring that, whether it be in the nursing home or whether it be in the hospital. Now, Kathy's stepmother has been, she got COVID. She had these issues of these uh, 
surgeries that were required in her, her brain. They were these brain bleeds. So they had to go in and essentially carterize. It was a process that was supernatural. We've been praying for her this whole time. And of course, she became more depressed and things like this because she wasn't able to do things that she wanted to do. So here she has this surgery. She's really doing well, but she's getting weak. So they send her to a nursing home for physical therapy. So what happens in the, in the nursing home? She gets COVID. Rosemary is what, 80? Almost 80 years old. So, of course, she's just being depressed and depressed and depressed. And so what happens? We then begin to call upon the intercessors and we begin to pray. Rosemary went home yesterday. She's on the mend. She's becoming whole. She's becoming strengthened. See, this is the spirit of the Lord is upon us. <clears throat> there isn't anything of this world that's going to change the circumstances and the very settings that we find ourselves in. We are those that are being changed. And in turn, we have access to then declare the word of the Lord and begin to realize that the prophetic word, the darkness has just not come over the earth. Even spoke about the darkness coming over the peoples. If anybody's in darkness, is the church. Because again, it's a place that God is allowing us to see what has been this um, enabling, if you will, our walk with God in such a way that we keep continue to think that we're going to do all these things to get God's favor, to draw his anointing, to allow him to use us, and we keep getting ahead of him or thinking that we're somehow co-equal in him in doing this. Though the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, it's all that he is doing it. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is that he's now brought us into such a place that we can't put credit in anywhere other than himself. Anything that transpires in and through our lives, everything next door has essentially come to a standstill. And we keep trying to navigate these different things that we call wisdom or call upon the Lord and all these different things that we keep asking the Father to do, yet he is granting us those supernatural things, but there's so much that we continue to do in ourselves and of ourselves. I really believe that when, Sean, you're talking about this new wineskin, this softening up, I believe it's humble and contrite heart that we now find ourselves that you know what we're not the tail we don't have to just wake up every morning and say okay the alarm goes off and it's groundhog's day the same thing the same repetitive voice the same stuff that continues to go on and the numbers increase and the depression comes and the oppression comes and all of these things no we are aware that we are the light to the world Christ in us and this is our opportunity to allow the Spirit of the Lord to be then the one that comes to mend the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the blind, to bring hope to the hopeless. And if there's ever a time that we begin to see how sovereign God is, is now. Sean, I agree. Kathy's talking about the stories and the testimonies. I'm looking at just even her niece in California. In our weaknesses where our strength is coming that's not of our own, but it's also coming in ways that we realize how much we need one another. We need the Christ in you. We need that koinia. We need that relationship. We need those encouraging words. We need those areas that we begin to hear the voice of hope. I was talking to Ben yesterday. He was helping me move some things yesterday and realizing how family restoration has been so much in his 
in his family's in his in his heart for his family, and that's the extended family, both Chris's parents' family and then as well as Jackie's. And so he's been trying to just be that place in the family of the presence of God to cause people to stop and look and see how much they need each other and value one another and let go of the things that continue to beset us and separate us. He was giving, giving these glimpses of hope and these things of change that, he was, that was evidence of God. Well, that's where we are right now. So don't lose hope in that. Don't lose hope in who you are. Don't read, read the book of Isaiah. It'll begin to stir you in knowing that all of those that have gone before us are awaiting this day to be fulfilled because they can't receive their glorified bodies until this comes to a closure, until this church age comes to a close and the kingdom age is upon us. Amen. So, we apologize for those that have been in and out of our streaming this morning. Uh, I trust and I know that the podcast... When it goes online, it'll be complete, so you'll be able to hear Sean's word, the exhortations and the things that came before. And so we just encourage you. And for all of the family members and the extended family and for those that are part of the greater family that we haven't had an opportunity to meet yet, allow this time, because we know the prayer and fasting is something that's so significant, but allow this time to be so personal for you. Don't withdraw if anything, draw closer to him. Find that hiding place. Find that place of refuge. And it isn't a place to be complacent. You don't hide to hide away. You hide to become strengthened, to hear the voice of the Lord, to know that he has a purpose in what he's doing right now in and through your life. And with the holidays coming up, use wisdom. Obviously, there's a number of guidelines that wherever you live, they're put in place but also be so mindful of how you still have access, both in prayer, in relationship, telephone calls, everything that you might have as a person, the spirit of the Lord was within you, because that was part of our conversation I had with Ben. People get isolated, and they're not around the presence of the Lord. So all they have is this darkness and this continual feeding of negative words and the things that are hopeless and things that seem to be so unsurmountable and such a condition. But when you're around those that have the Spirit of the Lord, and you hear that Spirit of life, and you hear words that are encouraging, words that begin to demonstrate the foundation of who we are and who God is in His Word. And Sean said it, it's love. It's His love that's come to really chasten us, to cause us to be those sons that have been called by His name. So once again, we bless all of you in Jesus' name, happy Thanksgiving for those of you. Oh, we have some announcements. Kathy, you got some? Okay. Oh, that's right. We're going to take our offering, whatever. So blessings to all of you, and we'll continue the rest of our morning in Jesus' name. Amen.